topic today is out of Isaiah chapter 56, God's house of prayer. Starting in Isaiah 56, verse 1, Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. So some very powerful words there. Uh, the Lord saying, keep justice and do righteousness. Very important themes throughout the Bible, throughout the book of Isaiah, that there should be justice and righteousness, a balance of both. Uh, God wants righteousness, right living, and he wants us to do what's just and what's right uh, with each other. And his salvation, Yeshua T. So there again, we have Yeshua being brought in right from the, from the start. It's by Yeshua. It's from his salvation. It's for his Yeshua, because his salvation is about to come, and then he brings out righteousness again. His righteousness is to be revealed. And so uh, that pattern there, for my salvation is about to come, and my righteousness is to be revealed, God's righteousness was revealed in Yeshua coming, in his salvation. When his salvation is about to come, his righteousness will be revealed. His righteousness will be revealed when he comes. And so God's righteousness was revealed and demonstrated in the life and the power and the manifestation of God's salvation for this world in the life of the Messiah. Demonstrating balance of righteousness and justice. Verse 2. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. And so in that first verse, we uses the word righteousness twice and justice twice. And now here it ties it in with keeping God's Sabbath. And so it's more than just being blessed as the man who does this. And some people might think, well, if you want to be blessed, keep the Sabbath. But you can still be okay if you don't keep the Sabbath. It's just if you want like an extra blessing. But it's, it's not saying just an extra blessing upon it. It's just saying blessed is the man who does this who's fulfilling righteousness, who's doing it by God's salvation, lived out in his life, who's doing what is just, justice, and righteousness. And so the whole thing ties together when we're not defiling, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. And so doing the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath, tied in with the opposite of not doing any evil. And so it's, uh, it's right to do, to keep God's Sabbath. Because the Sabbath is the foundation of God's work in this earth. He created this earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested and he blessed it. Man's first, humanity's first full day of life was kept in a Sabbath with God. And so it's right from the very beginning. It's right from the foundation. And then as we enter now, that we're in the time of sin, and God's Sabbath is still there. It's written with his finger on stone, right in the heart of the commandments, right in the fourth commandment. And then we enter into the spiritual rest in Yeshua, resting in God. And so it ties together. Again, the foundation, it, one doesn't replace the other. They work hand in hand. God's righteousness, God's justice is fulfilled in entering into rest with God spiritually and physically in the Sabbath, and in keeping from doing any evil. Verse 3, do not let the son of the foreigner 
who has joined himself to the Lord, speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people, nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. And so here again, tying, God ties it together here, that the foreigner shouldn't say, Okay, I'm joined to the Lord, but I'm separated from God's people. So yes, I am with God, I am joined to the Lord, but I'm separated from his people. And yet, as clear as that verse is, and as common sense as that makes, how can you be joined to the Lord and not joined to his people? That is basically a teaching that is broad throughout the world today uh, among those who profess to believe the Bible or teach the Bible. That we can be joined to the Lord, but that there are separate, a separation between uh, the Jews and the Gentiles who believe. There's, there's different dispensations for the Jews and for uh, Christians. But here he says, no, the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord should not be separated from God's people. Become one people together. Not two peoples, both belonging to the, to the Lord. God doesn't have two families. God has one family. And he brings it all together. And the same for the eunuch. The eunuch shouldn't say, well, I'm separated. I'm a dry tree just because he's a eunuch. Verse 4. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even them, to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Now, that's a wonderful uh, promise. Not being cut off, a name better than even sons and daughters, a place in God's house. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Right? We get his name. We are joined with him. We're in his house, in his walls. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about eternal life here. Name not cut off. He's talking living forever in God's house, in, in the New Jerusalem, in the heavenly realms, uh, in God's walls. And the conditions are keeping God's Sabbath, choosing what pleases God, holding fast his covenant, and he will receive these blessings. Similarly, in verse 6, also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servant, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. And so again, very clearly, God's saying, this is not just for the Jews, the Sabbath is not just for the Jews, even in, uh, this, again, this latest encyclical by the Pope, it mentioned the Jews have their Sabbath, but then Sunday is a Christian Sabbath. But here the Bible is very clear, there's not two different Sabbaths, there's one Sabbath, and he brings that out in the beginning of this chapter, then he brings in the mentions of foreigners, and then he brings in the Sabbath again, and then here ties them together, the foreigner and keeping God's Sabbath. As we join ourselves to the Lord, we become part of his people, and God's people together as one people in his holy mountain. God doesn't have two mountains. Right? You know, there's a, a joke that uh, there's, uh, this, this one guy, is, uh, God comes back, he takes us to heaven, and, and, and Jew is taking this one group from this one denomination around heaven, 
and he's showing them heaven, and he's showing them here's the river of life, and and uh, and and here's uh, this group, and here's this group, and he says, but as we go past this this city here, be very quiet. The people there think they're the only ones here, you know. And so uh, God doesn't have different cities and different you know homes and different mountains. Uh, God has one family, one family of God, and we all abide by the same rules set up by that God of that house, the ruler of that house, the owner of that house. Uh, he's got one set of rules, not uh, one set for one group and one set for another. And uh, so he brings us into his holy mountain, into his house. It's a joyful house, and so the Sabbath is a time of rejoicing. It's not this legalistic burden that God places on us. It's a day off. It's a day of rest. It's a day of rejoicing. It's a day to spend with God and with others. And so again, the conditions... The foreigner, join ourselves to the Lord, serve him, love him, love in the name of the Lord, and to be his servants. And that's important. We'll talk, cover that another week on being God's servants. And then keeping from defiling God's Sabbath and holding fast to his covenant, God's promises. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So God will accept their sacrifices and the ultimate sacrifice, the Messiah who sacrificed himself for us, who became the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So here again, especially in Isaiah's day, Isaiah is saying, God's going to bring the Gentiles in. He's going to bring the foreigners in. He's going to accept the eunuchs in. That God's house is a house of prayer for all nations, for all peoples, and that God's sacrifice is one sacrifice that's good enough for all people. There's only one way to heaven, there's only one way, and it's through the Messiah, it's through his sacrifice, and that is for all people. And as we accept that sacrifice and we accept that atonement that has been paid for us, God fills us with his spirit, God fills us with his power, God fills us with his love, which brings our lives then into harmony with his covenant, with his laws, with his ways, and we love him and love his name and, and follow him and join ourselves onto him. And, uh, and so uh, I grew up in a, uh, my dad's second marriage, and we ended up moving there, uh, and they had uh, the, the lady of the home, my stepmother, she had two daughters, and there were three sons, and so it was almost like the Brady Bunch coming together, uh, but it was not nearly as nice as the show. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we had two laws in that house. <laughs> the, the daughters who had been there forever, uh, they got you know, certain privileges, and as boys who came in later on, we had other responsibilities. And, uh, and so, but in God's house, as he brings it in, is the privileges, and the responsibilities are all equal for all. And, uh, and that just makes sense. And that's how God's house is. And Yeshua then pulls on this when uh, he walks into the temple, actually twice, two different times, one at the beginning of his ministry and one towards the end. And they're selling in the temple and uh, money changers going on and, and uh, cattle and, and, and doves and sheep and for the offerings. Uh, being sold, and that in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. People coming from far away uh, come to Jerusalem and they want to offer a sacrifice instead of dragging 
uh, a sheep all the way from, from Crete or somewhere, uh, you bring the money and you buy it there. But they had brought it into the temple compound, compound and uh, lost the holiness of it and the reverence of it. It became more of a, a money exchanging thing and no doubt there was um, unjust dealings with it. They, they knew they had the people, here they came and, and, uh, and so they overcharged and um, again the whole sanctity of it that instead of selling a sacrifice for the Lord uh, it just became uh, an issue of money. And, and Yeshua then says, uh, you've turned, the scriptures say, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And you've turned it into a den of thieves. And he's quoting right from this verse. He's quoting right from this chapter. And so in context, when Yeshua is saying it's a house of prayer for all nations, it's also a house of prayer on the Sabbath. The Sabbath, again, brought out throughout this chapter several times. And so God's house of prayer, that's a house of prayer for all nations, is a Sabbath-keeping house. And there are congregations that, that name themselves, house of prayer, such and such congregation. Uh, in context, from the verse itself, from the chapter itself, it's Sabbath-keeping. That's the theme of this chapter. Loving the Lord, joining ourselves to the Lord, uh, both the Jews and the foreigners and the eunuchs, everyone joined together in God's house of prayer for all nations, coming together as one in fullness of oneness, together, Jew and Gentile together, all nations together, worshiping in God's house. And in the new uh, Jerusalem, it says that we will go up uh, to the Mount of the Lord uh, each Sabbath. And so it's not going to be in heaven that the Jews go up on Saturday and, uh, and uh, the other nations go up on Sunday. You know, it's uh, God's house. From one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall worship the Lord. And, uh, and so God wants to come and bring us together. And this is a unifying thing. Satan tries to make it a dividing thing. But it should be a unifying thing. Again, back to the foundation, what God gave to Adam and Eve parents of mankind, God wrote with his own finger on stone what he made as a blessing to us. No good thing will he withhold. So he doesn't withhold it from us. He gives it to all of us so that we can all be blessed with it and rejoice in God's house of prayer, which is filled with joy in God's Shabbat, God's rest, resting in him, trusting in him. In verse 8, the Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel says, yet I will gather to him others beside those who are gathered to him. So he's gathering the foreigners, he's gathering the eunuchs, he's gathering uh, the children of Israel, he's gathering the outcasts of Israel. God wants to bring us all together, bring us all together, not in some false unity, but in a unified on God's word, doing justice, doing righteousness, doing rightly, keeping from defiling his Sabbath, or from doing any evil, from loving the Lord and joining ourselves to him, uniting with him, resting with him when he is resting, when he is there, and being united with him and his people, keeping his covenant, his promises, to us and his everlasting covenant. 
Verse 9 is very interesting. Still in the same chapter, Isaiah 60, 56. All you beasts of the field come to devour. All you beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough. They are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain, for his own territory. Come, one says, I will bring wine, and we will fill ourselves with intoxicating drink, and tomorrow will be much more abundant. Now, where on earth does that come from? He's talking about doing justly. The Lord says, do justly and righteously. Uh, I love righteousness, and my righteousness is to come, and my salvation is to come. Come together and join yourselves to the Lord. Keep his Sabbath and keep from defiling it. Entering into the joy of the Lord. Keep his covenant. Join with him. Love his name. Do what is right. All nations coming together, praying together, worshiping the Lord together. And then he talks about these shepherds and these dog, greedy dogs that are selfish and intoxicating the people with wine and getting them drunk and their own gain and that they are dumb dogs, as I said, dumb dogs, ignorant and beasts that devour. And if we look at this in context of this chapter, and the whole chapter as a whole, could these shepherds here, these false shepherds, or these deceived shepherds, or these ignorant shepherds, or these dumb shepherds, these greedy shepherds, out for their own gain, not following the Lord's way, but following man's tradition, Teaching man's traditions. Yeah, smoking pot today, right? Pot smokers and getting drunk and leading people astray and devouring the flock for filthy gain and for filthy lucre. Maybe knowing the word of God and knowing what the word of God says, but refusing to yield to it for fear of losing popular appraisal, approval, very interesting, I find, in light of this chapter, that almost every verse brings out the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. Joining to the Lord, the Lord saying, in righteousness and justice, and then, and the Lord being the good shepherd, of course. And then he brings in contrast to this. These shepherds, these dirty, dumb dogs, that defile, could it be that these are the ones who are defiling the Sabbath, and who are teaching others to defile it as well, intoxicating them with smooth words, denying the Lord of the Sabbath, denying the Creator of the Sabbath, and turning it to man's inventions and to worship our own ways instead of the Lord's. I think there's a very strong tie there.
in this chapter. The theme of this chapter. So as we are here in these last days, God began his work with the Sabbath. He'll complete it till the end. It's his sign. Scriptures call it his sign and his seal. In contrast to a sign is a mark. Either way, it's an identification. God calls us to be sealed with his seal. His Holy Spirit is also mentioned as his seal. And the Sabbath is also mentioned as his seal. They work together in harmony. Together. God seals his people as they enter into his rest. As they identify with him. Whether of Israel or whether a foreigner or whether of eunuch or whatever our experience has happened in our life. God calls us, even the outcast, to come together and to enter into God's house of prayer. Enter in with joy of the Lord. Receiving of his salvation. Receiving of his forgiveness and his mercy. And entering into his everlasting rest. Entering into his house. To his mountain. Receiving of his name. And his seal upon us. The Sabbath again just one of the seals. One of the tests. One of the identifications. Of who we are. Shomre Shabbos, keepers of the Sabbath. Not defiling it or doing any evil. So as we pray tonight, maybe you've been thinking about this in the past, maybe you've heard this in the past, maybe you've read it in God's word, maybe you've felt conviction at times, but maybe you've refused to yield because of fear, fear of loss of employment, fear of loss of job, Fear of the opinion of others. Fear of going against the popular way. God is convicting you and calling you to keep his Sabbath. If you haven't entered into the joy of keeping his Sabbath, entering into the joy of keeping his rest, entering into receiving his blessing, blessed are those who keep his Sabbath. I invite you today to make a commitment to the Lord, to join yourself to him, Ask him to fill you with his spirit, to seal you with his power, and to begin keeping his Sabbath and entering into that rest on a weekly basis. Or also, if you have felt like you haven't been, that there's a separation, you're a foreigner and you're, you're a eunuch or something happened in your life and that you feel separated from God's people, God calls us to not feel separated. He wants to break down that division, that separating wall. And he wants us to be united together, one together. It's a family of God, mishpoka of God. And so if you felt outcast, if you felt unaccepted by the Lord, or if you felt either a pride in being Jewish or being not Jewish or whatever, surrender it all and come together and come together as one united together in God's house. And make God's house a house of prayer, of unity and dedication to him. If any of those things apply to you as we pray, let us surrender to the Lord and join ourselves to him and then thus to his people. So we pray together. 
our Lord and our God, King of the universe, ruler of all things. We are thankful for your word, and we're thankful that you've laid it out for us. We're thankful for your scriptures. And Lord, we ask that you would enlighten our minds and our hearts and touch us with your spirit, that you would work in us mightily, that your salvation would come into each one of our lives and into each one of our hearts, and that justice and righteousness would be manifest in us, and that we would be united together, Jews and Gentiles, eunuchs and whole, that you would unite us together as one in your love. You would bring us into your house. You would surround us with your walls. That we'd enter into your joy. That we'd enter into your peace. And that we would rest in you. And that your sign of, of Sabbath keeping, that we would not defile it, that we would not do any evil thing, would be in our heart and in our mind and in our life and lived out in us and through us. Lord, fulfill your will in our lives. Give us the boldness and strength to step out and follow you, regardless of what the world says, regardless of what the majority does. May we be united to you in Yeshua's holy name. Amen.